In this episode of Friends Fit 40s, we are going to get real. We're going to talk about identity. We're going to talk about how we define ourselves and provide you opportunities to think and define yourself. We're also going to talk about this thing called daylight savings time and ways that we can think about it. Get your notebooks ready. Friends Fit 40s is coming up. Friends Fit 40s is brought to you by Laura Mullenbrook and Stephanie Whiteman. This is a podcast about our fitness and wellness journey. We are two working moms who seek to live our best life. However, we are novices in the world of fitness. We are excited to share our ups, our downs, and our roadblocks. Our journey has led us to emphasize the value of friendship, cooperation over competition, and celebrating the small victories along the way. This podcast is an invitation for you to laugh with us and actively construct your best day today and then again tomorrow. Welcome to Friends Fit 40s. So, Laura, Monday is daylight savings time. Yes. So, if you're hearing this on the day that we release, you might be a little sleepy. This is the day all year long that I dread. Well, and honestly, I was struggling today. So, oh, it's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be Monday rough. Because it's going to be right? a whole hour less of sleep. And I think it's kind of crude to do it. Like, honestly, go ahead and do it on Friday night. So we have two days to adjust before we're going back to work. Like, don't you think? Why wait till Saturday? Yeah, why are we doing this? I don't know. On the Uh, weekend. They don't ask me. They don't ask me. Yeah, that is totally smart. It's too late for this because here we are Monday, right? But for next time, like next year... If we don't, we don't know. We're not sure who's going back to it. We tried to figure it out. Y'all, we we <laughs> researched this for a good solid hour. Yeah, and we have no solid information for you all. Except if you, that Arizona and Hawaii never participate. Okay, so, so. if you're in Arizona or Hawaii, whoop whoop. Yep. Yeah, well, you. if you're in Hawaii, like a double right whoop whoop, 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 whoop. because you've just you've just planned that life right. Right. Um, and if you're in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some gorgeous places in Arizona. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, around it, you don't have to participate in this conversation because you all have figured this out. Yes. The rest of us, we can't tell you if you're going to be participating in fall. Going back and forth. Fall right? back. Yeah. yeah. In November. Or we're not sure. There's like, some Senate thing and a bill. And, and we're not sure if people and, passed or right? people put some proclamations out there. And, right. Yeah. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> So for next year, if you're having to participate again, we suggest that you listen to this podcast again. We'll remind you about it come next year, um, season four. Uh, But really what they suggest is four days prior going to bed about 15 to 20 minutes early to adjust to that time change. So that would mean what? Wednesday evening. Oh my god! Yeah, we're already a couple days late. Robert, time we're recording this. So yeah, yeah, and you guys are who are listening are already late. So sorry, we didn't think about this last week, (laughs) right, Laura? That's all your fault. (laughs) We can still help you 
prepare for this week. Okay. So that's, that's what, what we're, we're going to focus on. Yeah. Basically what you what they really suggest. I mean, it's kind of like when you start that new routine. I think when you start going back to school from summer is start preparing the night before to make those mornings go easier because we're all going to be a little bit sleepier if we especially if we didn't go to sleep 15 to 20 minutes earlier 4 days prior. Laying out the clothes, I think that goes for kids and adults. Laying out the backpacks, getting the papers signed the night before, maybe having some to-go breakfast. So if you're listening to this Monday, you've got some time tonight. I mean, honestly, just go to your local grocery store and pick up the egg in a cup or the oatmeal cup or the Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwiches. So you've got breakfast ready to go. Pop it in the microwave and hand it to the kid who gets on the bus or in the car. You have time still to, because it's going to take a couple of days to adjust to this losing hour of sleep. This is really good advice. I never would have thought of hightail it to the grocery store and grab yourself some breakfast. But it's so smart because that does definitely save time. Right. And because you're going to be tired when you wake up in the morning. Now, CNN says that younger children tend to adapt to this time change easier than older children and adults do. Hmm. So yay for me because I teach young ones. So <laughs> I might make out okay. I mean, I might be exhausted right. um, this whole week, but maybe my students will be okay. Huh? I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm trying to decide who wins in this game. <laughs> I'm thinking the teacher does not win. <laughs> no. See, maybe the high school students win because the teachers are sleepy and the students are sleepy. Uh, that's a rough one. But they do suggest that going to bed early is important for kids and teenagers because, you know, they tend to be night owls. But also it's recommended that parents go to sleep a little earlier, too, just so you're not irritable with your kids who didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Okay. So, um, I mean, honestly, if you obviously you're not you're listening to this on Monday or a couple days later and you can't do the four days prior, but you can start now. Right. So maybe just going to sleep 10 minutes earlier, getting your kids in bed a few minutes earlier so that perhaps everyone can be a little less grumpy in the morning. But there are some ways to help you make sure that you get good sleep. And that includes having a dark room. So if that's, you know, if you need to figure out some room darkening curtains or maybe you need to put up, maybe you don't have time because you're going to the grocery store to get your pre-made breakfast. You don't have time to get room darkening curtains. You could put up a towel or something with clothespins. And then maybe next weekend, get yourself some darker sheets because a dark room does help promote sleep. If you have some light coming in, that can really mess up when you're trying to fall asleep. Another thing, I can be bad about this because Oftentimes I will read or like read on my iPad or check something one last time on my phone. But you're really not supposed to have blue lights, which is your phone and any electronic devices, 30 minutes to an hour before bed. So I'm wondering about this. And I I don't know. I'm just going to throw this out as a question. So my husband likes it dark Mm -hmm. and I have to read sometimes in order to kind of wind down and get to bed. See, I think that light, because it's not blue light for him... I think it's okay. I mean, preferably he would like dark. It'd be best for him to be dark, but... But I read on my phone. Oh. Because I can't keep the light on to read with a book, like a book, a paper book. Right. So I'm wondering if I put on blue light glasses. Oh, I think that would help for you. And still read on my phone before I go to bed, if that would help. Yes. 
and then allow him to keep sleeping right. with the Right, and still get light. that 30-minute right. deal. Yeah. I do have blue light glasses, so I think I need to try that. Yeah, you could try yeah. that. Right. Um, and then another thing is to keep that bedroom temperature between 65 and 67 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, we do this. Okay. We started doing this when we looked at the sleep studies that were out. I mean, so this was all part of our podcast within the last few years. And I have gotten to turning the temperature down, opening our window, turning on the fan, keeping that nighttime temperature cool. Cooler. And that really helps. It does. Yeah. I love it. I love pulling up the extra blankets and, you know, getting all nice and snug, kind of walking into my bedroom because my husband goes to sleep before I do. And so I walk into the bedroom and I'm like, ooh, and I walk upstairs and it's kind of cold. And But that that's a good thing. You want it to be a little bit cooler than your living space. So... All right. Yeah. Well, see, the good thing, too, is perhaps the daylight savings time makes you grumpy because you lost that hour of sleep. But if you're an evening or an afternoon person, you're going to get some extra daylight in the evening when you're home from work. So actually about an hour. So that can be good. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't I don't know how many people deal with the winter blues. I know that I do. I know that a couple of people that I work with do, and we've talked about it. And so that extra hour of light is really helpful. Yes. Um, as as you have talked about um, running in the light, like even in the January and February, mm-hmm. I've gotten more conscientious about doing that as well, just trying to expose a little bit of myself to the light. I mean, sunscreen, of course, but making sure that we are getting that vitamin D and all of those things because that light is so important for my just overall mood. Right. Yeah. Because what oftentimes, you know, this daylight savings time, sometimes people are waking up to the daylight. But those of us who kind of go to work early are actually going back to work in the dark. So that I think can be hard in addition to the loss of our sleep. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I'm thinking that we just need to keep it all the same because basically what I figured out is between mid-February to late April, we're going to be increasing our daylight by three minutes per day if the times never changed. So we're increasing the daylight by three minutes per day. Right. And then... By late April, early May, it uh, slows down to around two minutes. And then during the month of June until the summer solstice, it's about one minute. So honestly, like during this chunk of time, we're really increasing that daylight quite a bit. We don't really need to lose that hour of sleep because we'd probably get that hour of daylight in the evening in about 20 days anyways. So honestly, that that's my vote. Okay. Senate and House. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. The Friends Fit 40s podcast would like for this to stay the same all year. Yes. And for us not to play games with the clocks. Right. It's just it just causes havoc. I mean, we have great tips for you yeah. to survive it. But if you don't listen in time, then you don't get the tips and then you're just groggy. Right. Because also, you know, studies show there's more accidents. And, oh, that's right. right. Yeah. There's more accidents. And I read a study that was like judges tend to have harsher sentences the yes. day after daylight savings time so good luck if you're going to court yeah um, because right yeah yeah. or monday yeah and more heart attacks more yeah yeah like why are we doing this people it doesn't seem good this is the commentary version of friends fit 40 (laughs) 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 all right laura you had a story about your babies yes so so when when daylight savings happen and then we've had that fall back in the fall 
Like we had summer babies. And so that fallback always threw us off as new parents. And even we had our kids two years apart. So even the two years later with the newborn, like it so confused my husband and I about like, because they were on a pretty good feeding, eating schedule, sleeping schedule. And we were like, well, now that we've lost an hour, we've gained an hour, like when do they, when are they going to eat next? When are they going to sleep next? And it was so stressful as new parents and two years in parents. And I don't know if anybody else had this struggle, but I mean, it, it was a lot. We'd have to, we were sitting there and we'd calculate it and think about it. And then we were like, well, they're waking up. Should they wake up? Should we, should we let them just try to soothe themselves back to sleep? Cause we really want them to be back on the old time. Like it caused a headache. It really did. So this is fascinating to me and probably the much better way to think about raising your kids. I don't know. Because my husband and I determined that with the daylight savings time, that it was just an opportunity for us to get our kids to bed earlier. (laughs) We were just going to stick with their normal like bedtime, but we were just going to pull them like whatever time, you know. Go to bed early. Yeah. Yeah. And, And so we just tried to ride that out as long as it would last. Okay. Usually we could get a good day or two out of it. <laughs> Before they figured it out. Right? <laughs> so um, go with Laura. Yeah. All right, y'all. Um, so just some thoughts about daylight savings time and um, this this wonky thing that we do with the clocks. At the very least, um, something to pause and consider. Know that if your day feels longer, if you feel tireder or grumpier, it's totally okay. And that there are ways that we can think about it as we continue this week together, figuring out how we can make this work. totally switch topics and talk about identity uh, because I think that identity is super important when we're thinking about like who we are as people and who we are as fitness people. So way back when, like 20 plus years ago, when I was working on my uh, degree in nutrition, mm-hmm. this idea of identity and self-efficacy were so important in the research studies about how we were able to be successful as healthy eaters and mm-hmm. successful as exercisers. And so this identity is kind of, you think about it as the core of who you are. You wake up and you say, I'm a shopper. I'm a, a school teacher. I'm a runner. Right. All of these things about us help define the actions that we make throughout the day. So I told Laura at the beginning of this, I was like, I have some random questions for you. So this is going to be kind of like an interview session. So, Laura, what is your identity? Ooh, such a deep question. Yeah. I feel like I identify first as a mom. I totally would have said that about you. I would have said if I guys, if I was going to say a secret thing that Laura would say first, it would be mom. Okay, keep going. Okay, So I would say a mom. I would say, I mean, I don't know like second and third, but so I'm going to just throw them all the rest out there. I mean, definitely someone who enjoys fitness, who enjoys doing things to push herself a little bit. So I guess, you know, we can go ahead and say runner, though running has not been like the most top priority right now, but I still enjoy it. Like, what was that? Two weeks ago, we went on a run. It was like, it felt good. Yeah. 
And I do appreciate my body for doing that because I know that not everybody can go out and run because I've been that person who wasn't able to go out and run. So um, so I guess I can say a runner. I see a big part of myself as a woman. As, oh, as a, you know. Right. Also, I mean, one reason I live in a house of boys. Okay. So, That's so, yeah. But also, like, when I do hard things, when, I, when I'm when i bench pressing the 85 pounds, I'm like, look at me. Like, I'm a girl. I'm doing this. Right. Like, it feels it feels good to be strong and kind of, can I say, badass? Yes. As, as a girl, you know. Um, uh, I will put this in the show notes that we use the word badass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Twice. Um, <laughs> Used it twice. Okay. We won't say it anymore. And then I, I definitely, obviously, a teacher. Yeah. I mean, and definitely a wife, right? But I feel like I'm a mother before my wife right now. I, I think maybe that's because, especially at this time, I see my time as being a direct mom, like dwindling. Yeah. I think I was probably more wife when the kids were younger. And then I, a learner. Like, I yeah. do see myself as continuing to learn constantly. I know that's something that's kind of cliche that teachers say they do. But especially um, in the last five years, I feel like I am challenging myself more in my profession and in my personal life to just learn more and figure out more and read more and think about things more. I think that the the quality of information that's out there and the accessibility of it is really quite high right now. Yes. I mean, you've got to sift through the junk right. in order to get there. But, you know, like we research for these podcasts and we, we spend a good quality time doing this and we can find good quality information without having to go and look it up in journals in a library. Yes. And that's ooh, time time saving, right? And so that allows us to be to identify ourselves as learners mm-hmm. in an easier way, right? Okay, awesome. So all of those things. So you listed out your identity being like, you know, six different kinds of things right. that you are, which is amazing. Um, multifaceted, which is as humans, we think about. And so I want you all to think, pause for just a minute and think about your identity. Identify Three or four things, the very least, that you would identify yourself as being. I know you probably need more time, but that was just a moment for you to think for just a second and then continue on that journey. How we identify ourselves, I believe, is how we live our lives. Mm. And so... This identity piece is so super important. So I go back to my nutrition training. Self-efficacy is this idea of the ability that we have the ability to do this thing or don't do this thing. And self-efficacy was foundational to um, people being able to exercise or work out or do the, the, the whatever it was that they were going to do with their lives. And so that's t- tied to identity. It's this idea that we can do this. And so if you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm a runner, then you probably should be a runner for that day. So you all know this if you've listened to our history of our podcast. But before we started working out together, Laura was not a runner. No. She, um, in fact, um, would say that if she was running, it was because somebody was chasing her and yes. that was it. Yeah. You all, I wish you were here on the day that Laura and I 
worked out for the first time. She had this piece of paper and a pile of videos that had been um, sent to her on her phone. And so we went through all of these videos that were correct methods of lifting weights. And then at the very end was, and run for 20 minutes. And Laura's like, I can't do that. I'm not doing that. Is she serious? (laughs) (laughs) I did say that. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot do for 20 minutes. Like, I could maybe do for five, but there was no way I could make it for 20. And so both of us got on the treadmill. And, guys, it was like at 4.2 miles per hour. And we huffed it. And both of us felt like. We couldn't talk through it. Like, we couldn't have conversation. No. Yeah. Both of us felt like our, our heart was coming out of our chest, right? Um, but we did it. So it was that rough on that first day. And that was really, I think, one of the first days that you ever ran for 20 minutes straight in yeah. your entire life. Yeah. 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 I mean, yes. At the age of what? Like 40, 40. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, you know, fast forward a bit of time and you came out on Facebook as a runner. Yeah. How'd that feel? Like, that's an identity. It is. It's pretty big. Well, I mean, I think it's it's like... It's that whole thing. I've mentioned this before, like knowing that your legs can take you somewhere and at a quick pace, I think, too, because obviously I don't get any. I am completely in awe of people who who can walk and who walk half marathons and marathons. I don't know that I would want to walk it. I feel like I would just be too slow. But I guess because running is something that is somewhat hard. Yeah. And so um, because I've tried it multiple times before I actually became a runner and I would always just sprint out and then I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't do this. And I'd stop. And I'd be like, okay, yep, that was good. Not going to do that again. And so it's hard. And I love the idea that we can start at one end of town and end up at another end of town and like go in and have a snack like and our bodies took us there. It's still just like, I'm right now thinking like, I still get in awe of that. And I've always said, I wonder what day when I am not in awe of the fact that our our legs and our bodies and our hearts take us to this other place, if it won't be as exciting anymore. But it's still like, when I think about it, it's it's really cool. It is really cool. To think of that. I don't know if someone who doesn't run is thinking, oh my gosh, what's she talking about? Or... If other runners are thinking, what is she talking? I don't know. It's just in my brain, like, I guess because I didn't see myself as an athlete growing up and then I'm able to do this, this thing that's, yeah. that's pretty, that's pretty big to me. Cause even five years ago, I, I wasn't so, but I was a mom five years ago, but I wasn't a runner five years right? ago. So you add to your identity, yeah. which is another thing too. So even listening to you talk about this, and I've heard you talk about this all the time because, you know, we're like six miles in on the trail and Laura's like, can you believe that our bodies are taking us here? Like, like we have that in between whatever song set she's pre, you know, inputted into her, into her phone. I'm so inspired by this, right? And it's because her identity is a runner. And she's decided that her body is going to do this for us. And so she wakes up in the morning and she's like, where is my body going to take me? Like, how powerful is that? It's kind of that core of who we are, right? So our identity is so important. I just want to say as an addendum to all of this conversation that Laura and I were not runners in high school. We were not athletic. We are not fast runners. We're not winning the races. No. But both of us identify ourselves as runners. 
And you can too. Or you can identify yourself as a weightlifter. You're lifting five pounds, 10 pounds. You're a weightlifter, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You can identify yourself as a badass mom. That identity is so important because you get up in the morning, you tell yourself who you are, and then you live it. All right, Laura, now it is time for our weekly homework. Okay, so we talked a little bit about identity. (laughs) Yep. And the importance and the value of that. So I'm just going to like double down on this and say, um, what is your identity? Who do you identify yourself as? And what are you going to add to that? Because you can layer those identities. You don't just have to be one thing. You are more than one thing. So figure it out. Write it down. And in the meantime, enjoy your week. Go. Move. Breathe. Share kindness with others. You You got got this. this. love friends fit 40s subscribe to our podcast leave a review and share the podcast with your friends tag us when you share so we know you are enjoying our work also follow us on instagram feel free to email us at friendsfit40s at gmail.com with your thoughts and comments we'd love to hear from you 